Welcome to the Brevis Consulting Living and Learning Podcast. Now to your host, Shivraj Prashad. Shivraj Prashad. I am so happy that you have chosen to join me today. As founder of Brevis, I work with a whole host of exciting folks and together have the privilege of serving companies, leaders and institutions across sectors and geographies in order to enhance their learning culture. It's a very important process to come out with a certain amount of transparency in what happens when I'm not here. It's great that you're making these savings now, but how do you plan to actually benefit your loved ones when you're not here? Today, I speak to dual qualified lawyer Sanam Singh and owner of the Will Bank on preparing for the afterlife, making wills and beyond. Sanam, thank you ever so much for speaking to me on the Brevis Living and Learning podcast. Ironically, a lot of us seem to have a lot of time on our hands to dwell on all sorts of scenarios for whenever this gets over. So really, how are you doing? Hi, Shivraj. I'm doing well, thanks. These are very interesting times that we're living in, you're correct. And we've all had a lot of time in the last almost month to sit at home and think about life and our priorities and introspect. And now... Sanam, you've had an interesting career trajectory, dual qualified lawyer, practice in the UK, worked in the Middle East and then returned to India and moved from corporate media and tech law and now to your own practice, the Will Bank. What made you look at wills so closely? As you know, Shivraj, about 11 years ago, I lost my mother and I was working for an international law firm in Dubai called Simmons and Simmons at the time. And I went to the partner and said, look, I need three months leave without pay. I need to go and wind up my mother's estate. And they looked at me and said, but don't you have estate lawyers in India? Don't you have, you know, law firms that do that or lawyers that will help you? And sadly, in the, the, the legal profession in India is divided into litigating lawyers and what we call civil law, which is a corporate practice. So there was this clear void where there was no one actually helping people plan their estates, looking at how to draft a will. Often people would download a template from the internet and it isn't exactly prudent to try and diagnose what's wrong with you off Google. You go to a doctor and similarly, I think it's important to walk people through the process of making a will I can talk more about it as we progress so it took a personal experience for you to seriously focus on this critical area why i say critical is that i find in india at least we approach death almost fatalistically throwing up our hands and just leaving it to providence right it's very very unfortunate we all live a life knowing that death is the only reality and someday we will meet our maker but most people are ready to die but haven't prepared their estate their families their practical aspect we're actually mentally and and spiritually prepared but the physical and practical aspect there's a huge void we need to do more planning and actually prepare the ones we leave behind Sanam is the first step really to normalize the conversation over death death is a very sensitive subject to discuss i've come across people who are petrified to discuss it they know that they're aware of their own mortality but they just don't want to accept it they don't want to discuss it they don't want to face it and that is actually one of the biggest challenges i have when i sit down to make a will with someone i say imagine you're not in the room you're not a phone call away how would you let the next of your kin know what 
is where. A lot of people just presume it's all in their head. They know where things is, you know, where things are lying. They can always communicate with their loved ones. And sadly, that's not the case. How does one then assist your next of kin, your spouse, your children, your parent on what you own and, and how you want it to be handled once you're not around anymore? But seriously, how important is it for people to look at preparing for the afterlife, especially now in the circumstances that we live in? I wouldn't say you're preparing for the afterlife as much as you're preparing for the when I'm not here. In my case, for example, my mother was living in India, I was living in Dubai, and she made a will saying, I leave everything I own to my only child. It's a little hard to list and have an inventory of everything I own. So as months and years went by, as the post came and I got a statement from a mutual fund, or I got a dividend slip from a particular share script, that's how I realized she actually owned them. We're not very good at filing and keeping records records culturally. Most of us have a very lackadaisical approach about filing or keeping our affairs in order, perhaps because we are a procrastinating and lazy, but also we're very secretive as a culture. We don't want people to know what we own and we don't want anyone to eye what we own, even if it's our own spouse or children. So classic cases, housewives may not tell their husbands they've made certain investments because that's their little nest egg, etc. It's a very important process to come out with a certain amount of transparency transparency in what happens when I'm not here. It's great that you're making these savings now, but how do you plan to actually benefit your loved ones when you're not here? Okay, now that we have that out of the way, if I were to approach you as a person who's now crossed all those bridges and you're the person who's running the will bank and ask you how and where do we begin? What really, Sanam, are the key steps? The most important step, and this is the one that requires the most commitment from someone making a will, is to actually sit down with a paper and pen and write down a list of everything they own. And to help my clients, I've prepared something called an ABC form. A is for assets, B is for beneficiaries, and C is for contingencies. The asset section is divided loosely into movable and immovable assets. But there could also be assets that don't have any great financial or monetary value, but it's a sentimental thing. And then B is for beneficiaries. So you list out who your next of kin are or your charities that you want to donate to or your children. And C is for contingencies. So supposing you want to leave something to a child, the contingency would be to leave it to the grandchild if that child were to predecease you or not survive you by, say, 30 days. It's a much more formal process for me than just a loose two-page template. I mean, often wills that I've drafted run into 17 or 18 pages because it's it's a thorough list and inventory of what you own and whom you want to leave it to. So what happens if I change my mind? I've made my will and circumstances change or I simply have a change of heart. This is a really important point. Actually, I'd address this slightly differently. You can have a change of circumstance, yes, and that's really important. You could sell a property, you could get divorced, you could have another child, you could have a new partner or spouse. It's really important to update your will and and make it current. I usually recommend that people review their wills annually. I do this myself with my own will. January, February is the time I work on my own will. And and this, this period of lockdown has given me the time to introspect and change my will. When you have a change of heart as well, there are two options to updating a will now. You can either do a codicil or you can draft a new will. And my recommendation is usually to draft a new will and revoke the previous one. Because a will is a revocable document. You can just tear up the old will, burn it, throw it away and make a more current will in law under the Indian Succession Act. The will that's made later in time prevails and revokes all previous wills. 
codicils tend to be used but they tend can create confusion people can challenge the veracity of them or whether it was signed correctly whether it is or isn't part of the will so it's not my usual recommendation to is there anything else i should look out for to ensure my will or last testament is binding on those after i die this is something i hear quite often there's also this whole debate on whether to register or not to register over under the indian succession act there's no requirement to register a will as long as it's signed by the testator in the presence of two witnesses in practice what i do is i get someone supposing you're making a will i would get you to sign on each page and get the witnesses to sign on each page so no pages are are changed over in practice it's better to register a will because for the transfer of property where there are other heirs involved it can lead into complications and the registrar may ask for additional documents to be drafted where other heirs happily revoke their rights to the property which was inherited by say beneficiary a so it's better in my view now given the way that red tape and the registry is working to register a will in the old british residency towns bombay calcutta etc you have to register a will in delhi it wasn't mandatory but i recommend you do it for practical purposes for those listening to this podcast what are the top tips for them to begin at least begin looking at the whole process of planning for their last will and testament i think the first step is to sit back and review your life you we all work hard we all make a lot of money investments buy homes want to provide for our loved ones want to secure their future i think the first step is to actually sit down and review and take stock of what you have and if you're using my services i would then give you the abc form to assist you with the process and then make a sort of check in column in, in terms of who gets what people may have one fixed deposit for example for 40 lakhs and two children i would say divide it into two fixed deposits of 20 lakhs each and make each child the nominee there's a little bit of a practical aspect that i will advise on once you've made that list and come to discuss your estate with me so that we can try and prevent conflict within families and sanam how can they contact you at the will bank you can contact me by going to www.thewillbank.org or you can email me at sanam at gladhurst.com. That's S-A-N-A-M at G-L-A-D-H-U-R-S-T dot com. Sanam Singh, thank you so much for speaking to the Brevis Living and Learning Podcast. Thank you, Shibrat. It's been a pleasure. As a public communications trainer, I sometimes find it exhilarating to dig deep, research already established wisdom, speak to experts and thought leaders to turn it all into my very own gold dust to help you. Sleep well, eat well, exercise well. Ultimately, our health is our wealth. So how good you can take care of your health in this difficult scenario, that's going to make all the difference. Next week, we speak to J.K. Francis, owner of Rejuvenation Fitness Group, a pan-India outfit, on why it is so important to stay on track or even change your fitness goals. I hope these conversations have helped you in any way. If you have any questions, inputs, ideas, or would just like to connect with me or anyone in my network, shout out by writing in to me at shivraj at brevis.in or look for us, Brevis Living and Learning Podcast, and follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify, SoundCloud or TuneIn Radio.